Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talking Toffees with me, Peter, and co-host Andy. We are finally back as we finish sulking after three defeats on the bounce. Tonight we'll be discussing our recent form, our prospects of European football next season with 10 games to go, and we'll be previewing our home fixture to Crystal Palace on Monday evening. So Andy, given we've lost three on the spin, Chelsea away, Burnley at Goodison and Man City in the cup, for you, is the international break come at a good time for us? I think it has, yeah. It's, it, it's been weird this season, hasn't it? The international breaks, they've come at different times when we've had a little bit of momentum at times. Uh, but I do think this one's come at a good time, um, especially to give us a little bit of time to to reflect and suppose lick our wounds a little bit before we you know, go again for the last 10 games this season. Uh, and hopefully we can make something of it and... and Come away with European football. Um, yeah. I don't know about, about you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it really did come at a good time. Um, normally, you lose three in the bounce, probably the worst thing in that, you know, a, a squad, a, a team had won another game to try and bounce back. But I think for Everton, especially with the two goalkeepers being injured, we, we just felt as though we were a bit thin on the ground. And I think with 10 games to go, I think the break has, has come at a good time. We can come back, hopefully with it with a clear focus. You know the the objective is clear, and it has been all season in European football. And with ten games to go, it's all in our hands. Even Champions League football. I mean, how realistic that is, I don't know with recent performances. But earlier today, you know, we saw Chelsea lose at home to West Brom, and that's blew the race wide open. Even if Chelsea won, it was open anyway. But it, it what it means is that if Everton you know, obviously they'll win all the remaining games, but if Everton were to put a run together, it's possible that they could get top four. Um, obviously, the formats improve drastically. But yeah, I think all in all, I think the break's done as well. But probably it won't be until Monday night when we play Palace that, you know, we, we can assess that. Um, but fingers crossed, it, you know, we'll come back fresh, ready to go. Um, but before the break, we had City. And obviously, we're out the FA Cup now. Losing 2-0. Um, probably wasn't surprising, was it, given the level of opposition and the form that we, we took into that game having lost to Burnley at home. But obviously, you know, no matter how, how much the right might have been on the wall, it's massively disappointing. You know, me and you are desperate to see Emmett win a trophy and to go out the cup guttering, really. Um just on the game then, was it the case that, you know, we gave it our all and their quality told in the end? Or do you think we could have made more of a game of it? It just seemed to go one way with Everton holding on until eventually they did breach our defence. Um, what, what, how did you take that game on the result? Realistically, you know, I think we done, I think we done well. On the night, I think we defended really well. We... We stopped their threat. We stopped them playing. Um, we caused them to play long. You know, they were really uncomfortable. I think we got stuck in. I was really pleased with how we played on the night. Obviously, I would have liked to have a little bit more intent in the final third. But it wasn't to be. And if I was completely honest, before the game, I would have expected them to go on and win the game. Um, you know, I was hoping that we, we would have been able to snatch, a, you know, not a lucky win, but sort of, um, you know, snatch a lucky goal if you like and, and come away 
uh, going into the next round, but it wasn't to be. But I was quite happy with how we how we played, and I think even though it's frustrating because we do want a trophy, and we're desperate. Given the circumstances, I was really pleased what I seen compared to the likes of the Burnley game, for example. Um, I've seen a lot more character, I've seen a lot more fight. You know, I wasn't too happy before the game seeing that Keane had come out and it was going to be Mina and Godfrey. Uh, not against them two individuals, it's just that they haven't played much together, but I think they were both solid centre-half. So I was quite, quite happy with how we defended um, throughout the game. It's just unfortunate. You know, you know over time, the... the he sort of got that chance. I think Virginia done brilliant throughout the game and obviously he's got that touch onto the bar and it's just felt to Gundogan in that situation. It could have went, went anywhere, but it never. Um, so on another day, you know, we might have, we had a few chances early doors as well. On another day, we would have went through, but, you know, it wasn't to be. Yeah, I think that's spot on. You know, for me, you never wanted to accept a defeat to anybody you know, especially at home in a cross final, but there is a realization of where we are at the moment up against Man City. Um, it probably, but it was tougher to take because we lost to Chelsea and Burnley, and yet another defeat when you're looking to bounce back. And obviously, you know, there's a chance at Wembley, and more importantly, a chance of a trophy. But you know, when you look at it with sort of 15 minutes to go or late on in the game, they're bringing on Kevin De Bruyne off the bench and. I think that probably says it all. I'd say football fans, if they were asked to pick, you know, one of the best playmakers in the world, majority would pick the Bruyne. And that's the kind of quality they had on the bench. Even today, he played Leicester and outclassed them. I was watching Phil Foden, Sterling coming off the bench. Uh, it's very hard to compete with that, with the best man in the world. But I think Man City, for me, were the better side throughout. But I don't mm. think they actually... I don't think they created a lot of clear-cut chances. I think they got that luck to go with the quality. And you touched on it there, the first goal, it bounces off the bar and straight to Gundogan. And I think, you know, credit to Gundogan, he's he's done what he's taught at a young age, follow it, follow it in. But he has followed it in, but it's just that kindly. That, that could hit the bar and go anywhere. And I think the second one, I think, you know, just, if you actually look at the second goal, the referee went to blow his whistle and he mm. changed his mind. And I don't think it was a foul on Mina. And I think the referee was correct to, to not blow up for a foul. But a lot of referees there, when they put the whistle to the mouth and the players naturally switched off, they shouldn't have. You know, you're taught again on a young age, you're taught play to the whistle. And we never done that. We, we expected the referee to, to give Evan the free kick. And they're just the breaks that we never got on the night. But all in all, other than the fact that we went out the cup, there's not a lot. A complaint, and I think the majority of the fan base are probably the same mindset that okay, we're out now, 10 games to go, let's make sure we don't make North football. Um, you touched on Joe Virginia there, I think you're right to do so. I don't think he let himself down at all. Um, I don't think he's ready to push Pickford or Olsen just yet, but you know, he was 21 against one of the best sides in the world, really, and I, and I think it would have done him the world of good. Mm. Probably a bit unlucky to concede two goals in the game. Um, I think for him, he probably needs a loan now, doesn't he? He went out to loan to Reading and it never worked. And it's probably important for him that he goes and gets faith in football, even if it's not Championship League well level or, or even back to Portugal. He just needs to be playing week in, week out. Um, is that how you see it, or do you think on that performance, he could be in contention to be a number two at this stage? 
I don't, I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think at this stage, you know, would love to be proved wrong. Um, I think he, you know, he done really well on the night. He made two outstanding saves, really. You know, I know the the it led to the first goal, I suppose, the, the tip onto the bar, but it was still an outstanding save. But I think his presence all night, I think there was one one cross that he didn't deal with quite well. But when, you know, you're given this pick with recent performances and even Olsen, you know, hasn't been that commanding from crosses. You know, I think he done himself, um, he, he done really well on the night. Um, he come away with a lot of credit and rightly so. I'd like to think that he could push for it one day, but I don't think it's quite at that moment. I do think what you, you've just said there and playing week in, week out, you know, championship level, League One level will do him good. Um, I'd love to see him come through because he's been with us from, you know, a young age. So um, hopefully he can push for that number one spot. Yeah, yeah. We've got Harry uh, Carter there as well, haven't we? He was on the bench as well. Yeah, that's um, true. He, he made his debut for us as well and looks a prospect. So, you know, it's it's... It's one of them areas, isn't it, that we've not really seen to produce that much in over the last few years. So hopefully we have got a few keepers coming through. And you know what I've seen so far, I, you know, I think it's a, we've got a few good prospects coming through. Yeah, yeah, the competition dealt is now, and I think you know could have been not worse if we were on the end of a pace and then there was a couple of goals for Canales, it could have crucified him yeah. and killed killed his career off early doors. I think for him to come through that, as I say, I think. Even conceding three goals was harsh for his performance. Obviously done really well, and hopefully now you know come the summer he'll get a long move and, and we'll start to see him develop. Because um, 21's young for a player, but it's even younger when it's a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he will, he will fingers crossed come good in due course. Um, so obviously we can't win a trophy this season. For for me anyway, a successful Everton season is a trophy but obviously you know put aside our own ambitions we've got to look at in the context of where Everton have been the last few years and even last season what what would represent a good or a progressive campaign for Everton now if we if we don't get Europe have we had a good season even if we finish higher than what we did last season or, or given the start we've made and the plays we brought in do, do, do we actually need Europe to Reflect and on the season, say you know we done well there. You know it's been a good campaign. I think there's two ways to look at it. Is there's, there's one way that a progression on last year is a success, and then there's the you know pushing for European football. For me, I'm in the the latter. I think we need to be pushing for European football to make the progress that we need to make as a club. Uh, if we don't get European football at some level this season, I think it's an absolute travesty given the opportunities that were there and I was talking to you a few days back on the phone and it would be such a, a wasted opportunity really considering you know there's a lot of change in this league you know Chelsea have gone through a change of manager and you know Arsenal are really still sort of um, hitting the heights that you know would expect with them you know there's a lot of clubs that are not at Liverpool another one it'd be such a shame if we weren't able to capitalise on that. And I just fear that, you know, some of them, are, some of the results we've had uh, don't reflect the opportunities that we've had in front of us. The, the players haven't turned up in the games where they need to turn up. And um, we've got 10 games now, we need to put it right. I don't think that the, the current squad, even though we've got some of the right players in, I don't think they've got the right character. But I'd love to be proved wrong. I'd love to be doing a podcast at the end of the season, you know, the, 
end the season review and he proved wrong. A lot to beat me words on that, but I don't think they've got the character to go and push on for top four anyway. Uh, yeah. I'd like to think that they've got enough about them to get, you know, at least your Europa League football, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I think, you know, I'm with you. I think if we finish higher than 12, yeah, it's progress on last season, but in the context of Everton, you know, 12 was a, a disgraceful finish for a club of our size. Um, yeah, I think you've just got to take the season in context. I think the start of the season, had you been told you would be more or less level on points with Liverpool, the champions at, at the time, and in and around the Europa League places, you'd have been happy out. But I think the way the season's gone, I think for a lot of fans, myself included, that just feels as though there's a real opportunity of Champions League football that might not be there next season. Obviously, we're not to know that now, but, you know, you just said it yourself, you've got Arsenal really underperforming, you've got Tottenham up and down, Chelsea, new manager, Leicester doing well, but, you know, they're not they're not of any real quality. You've got Liverpool up and down. It's not a great league, so I feel as though if Everton wins get you out of, I, I would agree with you. I think it would be a travesty um, because not just the squad Everton have, but in the context of, of a season where teams are underperforming, it just seems like there's a real opportunity there um, you know, to, to come and be competing in Europe next season. But, you know, at the moment, it's still in our own hands and it is still a bit premature to assess the season we've had. If you look back on it as the season where we do get your football in one way, we broke our duck at Anfield, then you know you can look on it um, with a lot of positives. But I think regardless of what happens, we're going to look at those home games and say what if. And I think we hate that. We hate looking back at what if. But that's the situation we've got into. But I think that is for the end of the season. I think right now there's 10 games to go. I think we've got to push for Champions League football. I don't think we're good enough for it. But I think mathematically it's in our hands. We saw it again today, Chelsea losing at home to West Brom. A couple of results like that, and all of a sudden you're back in the, the, the race for the top four. So we've just got to do our business. Um, but I agree with you. I think finishing higher than 12 isn't going to be a good season for Evan. It might be progress to some extent, but I think we should really, um, you know, I think we should really be looking for your own play at the very least. So moving on then to quite big news in the last few days is. Jen Philippe Gabamon, he's fit and he's in the squad for our next home game against Palace. It's great to finally see him fit and available. I mean, he's only 25 and you know he's not even really at his peak at this moment in his career. So fingers crossed his injury might be over. For me, like his injuries aside, I feel sorry for him because as a fan base, we've never got to judge him as a player. So when we're judging him now. He got no idea how good or poor he was before his injury. So when we're assessing his performances, the thing that will be at the back of our minds is was he as good as this or as poor as this before his injury? As in when a player has it, bad injury, sometimes they're not the same again. And I just hope at 25 that he, he completely overcomes, you know, his injury and he gets back back to his best and also he, he you know he does realise his potential because I think when we bought him, we bought him for his potential as well, given 
must have only been about 22 at the time, 23 mm-hmm. when we signed him. Um, but with the core out, you know, it looks like the core is going to miss a lot of the, the running now. How important could this return be for Everton in, in the central midfield positions, you know, from your point of view? I'm really excited to see him play. I have been from the start, to be honest with you. I've seen clips of him. I've not, you know, I can't say I've watched him extensively in in Germany under mains, but I've seen clips of him and he looks like a, a natural ball winner. He looks very athletic, looks very sort of uh, dominating in that, that uh, centre midfield role. So I'm really excited to see him get going and hopefully, you know, we can stay fit. Hopefully we, he can retain at a pace that's comfortable for him. He's not expected to do more than what he needs to do uh, in terms of his recovery. But yeah, I think he can be an addition towards the back end of the season. Uh, I don't think we're going to see him really perform until next season, uh, possibly halfway through next season. But I hope, I'm sure we will, and I hope that we we, we show him the patience um, that I'd like us to. Um, and I'd like to see him play a lot of football next season. Um, you know, hopefully he's at the standard that that is expected. But I'm sure he is because he was picked. Um, I'm guessing it was it was Brands who was uh, involved in that in that deal. So, you know, he wouldn't have picked him if he wasn't good enough. Um, you know, we might be a little bit uh, rusty to start off with, but I'm sure he'll get back up to to scratch. Uh, with with ten games to go. And everything still to play for. We just discussed about Europa League, Champions League. Does does he actually return at a good time? I mean, look, it's a brilliant time to find his team back in the squad. But just from the point of view of how important these next few games are, he's obviously, well, I say obviously, I don't know. I'm just assuming he's not ready to start games yet. We're probably going to need to give him 10 minutes, 20 minutes here and there to get a match fit. Are, are we in a position to actually give him game time yet, from your point of view? I, th- I think that, you know, we've, we've said quite a few times, haven't we, that competition for places is a good thing. So I think him coming back is going to be at a good time to push the likes of, you know, Davies and Sigurdsson, uh, who'll be coming into that role. Um, you know, I, I, I think he will get football towards the back end of the season, especially with the core they missing. But you know, obviously, we don't want to rush him back into that into that position, sort of playing too much football and what he needs to do. Uh, but if one of the others can come in and cement a place, then I'd rather stick with a consistent team. You know, if Davies comes back in and does the job, stick with Davies and make sure you know um, Gabamon's getting the minutes that he needs. But at the same time, the team comes first and the performances and the results come first. Um, you know, I'm sure under 23 football be good for him as well. I don't think we're going to see the real benefits, as I said, until next season, maybe possibly halfway through next season until he gets a run of games underneath him. So yeah. I, I wouldn't sort of put that first over performances and, and results, more importantly. That's it. I suppose, really, it's great to see Gabon back in the squad and he does need game time to get match fit. But the reality of the expectation I've got is he's going to be well off it, understandably so. He's going to be well off it. And there's so much on the line for Everton in terms of European football that can we afford to give him five, ten minutes here and there. Ideally, you know, in the, you know, like, 
computer game if you if you're winning three in a row you can rotate. Football in real life doesn't work like that. And most games having to play now, there's not gonna be much in it. So bringing them on could be a big gamble. But I'm sure, you know, Ancelotti knows with me where where Gabamon's at. I think it'll just be big to see him on the bench, see him warming up, being in and around the squad. I think that'll be big for him. Like a new signing, really, isn't it? Massively. <laughs> Massively, yeah. Um I saw him. I think I saw him at home. I think it was Wofford, and then he was away at Palace, and that was it. Hmm. Uh, so it was, it was only three or four games, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't even know if it was that. I, I generally don't even know if it was that. Um, and we've gone through that many managers that it, it's hard to keep up with, with his progression and everything. His career hasn't got going, so hopefully it's a big moment for him. Um, and everything crossed that his injury and nightmares behind him. I, I think for me, in the nicest way possible, I'd write this season up for him mm-hmm. in the sense that. No matter how well or poor he plays between now and the end of the season, I think it's just a case of give him as much game time as possible in the sense that, you know, if it's if there's a reasonable scenario for him to get game time, whereby, you know, the match is, is won or lost either way, get him on the pitch. But I think, as you said, give, give him a full pre-season and then next season we can start to assess him. I think no matter how good or bad he is this season, you know, I know we do like to judge, but I think best if we just leave it um, and, and see how he is next time. Uh, um, but, but yeah, it'll be, it'd just be nice to see him in the squad on Monday. So moving on then to Monday's game, Palace at home. Obviously, we're not going into this one and going for all day. We've had a bit of a break, so, you know, we're feeling a bit refreshed. Um you know, we said it before we started recording. Palace themselves are not in good form. They've scored two goals in the last four games. You know, so they're not in any great shakes themselves. But regardless of their form, you know, Everton has struggled with these games all season, really. The last home game, sorry, the last home league game, Burnley, it's just further proof of that. Given we've had a bit of a break then, how do you expect us to return from the international break? In an ideal world, you want to see firing on all cylinders. But uh, how do you see Monday going from an Everton point of view in terms of the type of performance? That and that's that's the thing, Pete. I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna set up and I don't know how we're gonna approach the game. Um it's been quite a few games this season, hasn't it? A home where you're expecting the win, you're expecting a dominated performance. And hasn't come, and then it has in other games, you know, sort of away games at Anfield or wherever it's been. Um, I would like to think that we're going to come back and, as I said before, lift our wounds and and sort of really push on for that top top four place. That's that, that's a, that's open. It's it's up for grabs if we want it. I'd like to think that all members of the squad and coaches, you know, coaching team, are well aware of what's up for grabs, which I'm sure they will be, and. Um, yeah, we sort of laid the foundations down for that and, and really push on. Use this before use this game as a sort of you know a start of that start of that push for top four places. If not, if we fail with that, we're going to get European football. So yeah, I'd like to see a dominating performance. Why uh, why, why do you think we're struggling with these type of teams? So you know, no disrespect to Palace, but you know, Palace, Burnley, Newcastle, Leeds. Teams who should be beaten. Why do you think is the one reason in particular for you? Have you got any sorts of theories that say 
why or, or could it just be that you know as we saw today with Chelsea West Brom it's just been one of those seasons I suppose no matter how often these crop up we're only concerned with Everton so there's obviously an issue with Goodison with, with these teams there's two, there's two things that, there's two things that come to my mind with it it's the first one is whether the way we're setting up was sort of really you know favoured away from home you know soaking up that possession and Sort of looking to to hit teams a bit more direct, um, and when we're playing at home against teams that we're expected to dominate, whether we're able to be as effective doing that, and teams are coming and you know they're frustrating us, and before we know it, we lose a little bit of creativity, a little bit of momentum, and they're able to sort of capitalize on it. And then second of all, it, it was coming into my mind whether it's it, it's leadership. And so when we're playing these teams and the teams are frustrating us and they're not going to turn up and allow us to, to play our game. They're going to they're gonna try and stop us, you know, and, and, and stop our threats. And whether we've got the leadership in the team to be able to, to you know, effectively, you know, manage that and, and sort of break through it. And what I've found is that just that lack, just a little bit of lack of leadership in, in someone taking a game by the scruff of the neck and saying, no, we're going to, you know, we've seen it with Hammers when he's been on the, you know, we can, he can, one pass can change a game, um, but we haven't seen enough of him this season. And I just don't know whether we've got that, enough of that in the squad. And, um, you know, I I don't want to be too critical, but at the same time, you know, I was saying before, I think it could be a missed opportunity. And I hope that we're good enough. We're good enough to get three points at home against Crystal Palace on Monday night. Of course we are. Um, but I think it may come down to character yourself the last 10 games. Um, um, but we'll see on Monday night, I think. Yeah. I think you touched on it there. And, and you know, my opinion, it's one of the reasons we are struggling is, is how we set up. I think our biggest weakness this season, or one of our biggest weaknesses at home, is our failure to get the balance right and probably leads onwards. onwards. Um, we struggle to get the balance right. I think... Everton, Ancelotti's Everton have almost mastered the sitting back and absorbing. Um, you know, you look at the results in Chelsea and Arsenal going to Anfield. It was a professional job, brilliant. Tottenham, we, we've mastered that sort of... Actually, not so much Tottenham because I thought we dominated that game, but less than more so, you know, those kind of performances where we sit back and we absorb and we allow the team to have the ball and we, we counter... Um, even against City, although we lost, we looked fairly comfortable in not having the ball. But, you know, Everton at Goodison Park, eight or nine times out of ten, the fans expect us to take control of the game, or if not take control of the game, have spells in the game on the ball. And I think we struggled to come out of that yeah. mentality of just sitting back and absorbing. And I think, you know, credit where it's due, that we are extremely effective playing counter attack of football. But, you know, we've got to find a way against the Burnley's, the Newcastle Leeds and Palace Monday. You've got to start controlling the game better. And I think the core A being absent is a big miss, but I don't think that's the reason we're struggling because with the core A, it's been the same issue. And I just think it's it's time and it's trust in the players. Um, you, talk, you touch on leadership, I agree with you. I think it is a bit of an issue. The quality is an issue as well. Um, you know, it's massively improved on last season, but there's a reason we're struggling to control the game. And 
you look at Everton's midfield, Tom Davis is, is had the brilliant second half of the season. Um, he was, you know, he was at fault for one of the Burnley goals, but, you know, by the same token, rightly or wrongly, nine times out of ten, the referee does blow up for a foul there. Um, Andre Gomez, we possessed him. You just don't know what you're going to get with him in terms of a performance. So, maybe there's a gap in quality there in the midfield, and, you know, we touched on it there with Gabamon. Does he come back at a good time where there's an opportunity for him to break into the team? You know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think for me, that, that's probably been one of the main reasons. I don't think it's a, an attitude problem. I don't think we're losing so many at home because we just think we turn up and win. I think there's a, there's a gap in, 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 in the way we're setting up. Um, but we've got to keep working it out. And as you say, we're good enough to be Palace. Uh, I think we're both sick of saying it's a must win because... They all are now. We've got to win these games. But um, you said it yourself, you know, we've got to look at it as a, as a block of 10 games and almost disregard what's happened, you know, especially the last three games you've lost. It's a springboard, isn't it? You know, we don't know the results from the rest of the weekend, but already we saw Chelsea dropping points. Even if no one else drops points, the fact Chelsea have dropped points, Everton win. It's a springboard that if they win the game in hand, the top four is there for them. I don't think we're good enough for that, but as you say, we want to be pretty wrong to be nothing better than that. Um, and we've got to treat them as 10 cup finals because we're good enough. We are good enough. It's just the inconsistency is killing us at the moment. Um, so, yeah, with all that being said, then, what is your score prediction for the game Monday night? 3 0 Everton. It's right. It's right. I'll say 3 1. Um, Ben Teche or Zaha might give us a bit of a scare, but I do expect Everton to come back refreshed from the international break. I do think we'll get, we'll get all the points. Um, so, yeah, you know, we'll touch on it there. It's a must-win game, the all-are. And if we do win, with two points off Chelsea with the game in hand. Um, obviously, Liverpool have won tonight, so they've applied pressure on Chelsea. In terms of Liverpool, if we win our games in hand, we're above them anyway. You know, I don't think we've got the quality or the consistency for top four, but whilst it's mathematically possible, we've got to keep pushing. How are you looking at things now? We're 10 games to go with the league table. Do you harbour any any chance of Champions League football or are you, are you just at the case of let's just get your open league, you know, and anything more than that's a bonus? I think there's been a few too many times this season where I've got me, me hopes up. Um with something on the line, you know, a real opportunity in front of us and we haven't took it in a situation we really should have. So I'm quite reserved with how I'm feeling about it. Um, I'd love to be not, you know, I'd love nothing more to be sat here with a few beers at the end of the season review saying, do you remember 10 games to go when I said this? So uh, I don't think we're going to get it. I don't think we're good enough at this moment in time. Um, but we, sorry, I do think we're good enough but I don't think that we've got the uh, the character in the squad. Um, I think we've got a fantastic manager who's going to take his places. I think we've got a really good coaching team and we've got a few great players in the squad who are going to take us in the right direction. But in terms of a collective squad, I don't think we're good enough um, from a leadership point of view, from a character point of view. Um, I think we're going to get Europa League football. Um, we've, just got to, we've just got to turn up. We've got to do our part. Yeah. We've got to do our part and, and get the points that we need to get uh, to get us there. And it starts on Monday night against Palace. 
while while she was talking there, you know, my mind I'm thinking we're not good enough to the top four. We've lost to Leeds, West Ham, Newcastle, Burnley, Goodison, um, struggled their own Southampton. But then, you know, I think well, if not Everton, who? You know, if Chelsea get it, they've just lost our own badly beaten our own today by by West Brom. Liverpool get it, they got embarrassed by Crystal Palace. You know, they they, they lost to Everton, they lost to Brighton, they lost to Fulham. So I suppose what you know Villa, what I'm saying is Villa seven yeah, one. Exactly. So what I'm saying is is whoever gets that fourth place, he probably had an up and down season. Maybe West Ham, you know, they're the dark horses, but Tottenham are up and down. So yeah, I suppose, you know, we're probably not wrong to write Everton off at the moment, given what we saw. But I don't think any any fans could be really confident. I can't imagine, well, they are arrogant, but I can't imagine, you know, Liverpool fan, Chelsea fan, Tottenham fan. I can't imagine any of them being that confident top one because all of them are up and down. But, you know, we've still got some big games coming up ourselves. So, look, it's all in our own hands, isn't it? So, one game at a time, let's, let's be Palace and then, you know, move on to, to Brighton. I think the next two games have got to be six points, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, if we, get, we get through that. Eight games to go then and then we'll look at it again. Um what more, more important than than you know this season really is the news last week with the stadium. Uh, it's probably one of the most significant moments in the club's history, if we're being honest. Um finally given the green light to begin building our new stadium, family more dock. Just by waving up these We've now applied for a license from the Marine Management Organization for consent to begin construction within the marine environment. So what that means is that probably t- towards the end of the month, we'll have the consent. The club aren't expecting any issues there to start building. And then in terms of the timeline for the building, they're still liaison with Lango Rock and the funding is getting put in place to fund the model for the project. So I'd expect towards the end of April we'll have an announcement as to when the building will begin. So the stadium should be ready for 2024, which is what you know, three years away. It's a bit ambitious, but you know that that's the timeline. As exciting and significant as the news is, when the news broke for me, it sort of dawned on me well, even Goodison in less than mm-hmm. five years. When you think of, of, of that place, you know. Our, our dads, you know, their dads, their dads, grandfathers, ancestors, goes on and on. You know, it's been, been there since 1892 for us. It's a place where, you know, our own families and ancestors have been to. You know, it's not just our own history, it's our family's history, you know, generations of history there. And then in terms of Everton on the pitch, you know, Dixie D and Alex Jones, the only Trinity side in the 80s, even the not-so-good sides in the 90s, it's still got memories one way or another. It's, it is impossible to put into words how much Goodison Park means to us, and I know now, I've already told the missus, I'll be an emotional wreck the day you leave Goodison. I will, even thinking about it now, it's tough. What was your emotions when the news come through? Because obviously a lot of fans have got that understandable scepticism until the building begins. When the news come through that this is happening, you know, what, what was your overriding emotion? Do you know what? I agree with you on this one. It was a little bit different to all the others. With the others, it was a bit like, I still didn't quite believe it was going to happen. This one was different in the fact that I did. It was a lot of relief that I got. 
but I went straight away to, oh shit, this is happening and we're leaving Goodison Park. Yeah, and then yeah. it was sort of, do I want to leave Goodison Park? It sort of, there was a few mixed emotions in there really, but obviously the bigger picture for the club, it's, it's absolutely huge and it's massive um, in terms of progression as a club, in terms of, you know, our development. Um, but I went straight to, you know, thinking about Goodison Park as we've just been talking about then and, Obviously, the memories that I've got myself, but obviously the memories from the club as a whole. So um, it, it felt a bit different, this one, uh, than the others, even though we knew things were in place with the other announcements. There was still that air of uncertainty there, but I think this was the, the confirmation that we really needed. It was like a sober moment where, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't think anyone's ever been desperate to leave Goodison. I think we've just been desperate to push on as a club. And that's meant to, you know, a new stadium. Um, I think there is some aspects to it for everyone, I would imagine, in that we've all got memories of our experiences of the team, no matter how good or bad the team is. Obviously, those who've been lucky enough to have win trophies, leagues, European Cup, Winners Cup, their memories are great. But regardless of the, the team, it's still Everton, it's still your team, and you still go support them, no matter how good or bad they are. So you've got those memories of you attending sport the team, but then you've got memories of who you go to the game with, how you go to the game, you know, your route to the match, the stupid things on a match day, the people you meet. And it's 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 those things that you, you can't put into words. And I think when the news broke in that realisation that, you know, time's ticking out the countdown. The countdown's on now in terms of leaving Goodison. And what probably makes it harder is we can't go now, so we feel as though we're missing that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I can just imagine on that last day that you know fans will be ripping the seats out and getting on the pitch. Mm. I don't know if they're going to do it because our capacity is you know just under forty thousand. And you think touch wood, you know we're back to some level of normality. Then you think there's forty thousand capacity, and we have to cater for in a way and on that game as well. There's going to be a lot of fans who are not. They're just not going to miss the last game of Goodison no. and they'll get in one way or another so it, it will be bedlam but hopefully for all the right reasons of you know remembering um, you know Goodison Park because it, it's just an incredible place but you know we do we do need to move on now um, so you know that the stadium could really be the platform for Everton you know for me I think it could be the platform to make us an elite club I don't think, truthfully, we have been an elite club since the late 80s when we were challenging for titles and we should have won, or sorry, we should have at least competed for the European Cup, but wrongly denied because of them across the park. Is the stadium the necessary step for Everton to, to become an elite club for you? Do you think this is the missing piece in the jigsaw? I think we've made, over the last 18 months, we've made huge developments in terms of who we've brought into the club and the sort of characters that we've brought in, the names that we've brought in. Um, I think another another few seasons with the likes of, you know, the quality that we've been sort of, you know, becoming more accustomed to now, start playing European football again. I think it's going to come at a really good time. Uh, as you said before, it's going to be 2024 to 2025. Yeah. I think that it's going to come at a good time. For us, uh, I'd like to think by then that we're competing, you know, in European, um, in the Champions League. 
it, obviously time will tell with that one but I think it's going to come at a good time I think it is the the, the step for the club to make a you know to make strides in, in this current sort of climate if you like of you know top European clubs with you know top revenue coming in um you know being able to attract players with you know such high call you know high caliber yeah I think I think it's needed for the club I don't want to leave Goodison Park I really don't I wish it was sort of up to standards um but it's not you just got to be honest at the end of the day so um so yeah really exciting uh but sad at the same time and what would you say to you know football fans who would cite Arsenal and West Ham as examples of clubs that have made that stadium move and it's not worked out? You know, could that be leveled at Everton? Would that be of any concern to you? So possibly, possibly, because you, you, I've heard players over the years, you know, like Terry Henry, for example, say that Goodison Park like was one of the worst places to go to for as a an away player because of how intimidating what it was and you know fans were sort of on the pitch if you like and really you know pushing us really you know difficult place to come to you don't know whether the new stadium is going to have that is it going to have the same feel is it going to have the same you know is it going to be as raw as good as some park you know is it going to be as raw as the Gladys seats all them questions are there and, and we don't we don't have the answers obviously but all we can do as a fan base is that make sure that when teams come to the new stadium, they're brand new more. They, they know that it's 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 going to be a difficult game for them. Um, do you know what? You made a really interesting point there. I think the designs look like we will. We're going to have an end not too dissimilar to Dortmund's yellow wall. I think we'll, you know, don't know what it'll be called, the blue wave or whatever, but it, there's going to be a stand behind the goal that it's going to be massive. Mm. You know, it's going to be really intimidating but I think what's important is the people that make it intimidating yeah and I suppose really it's not an issue for now but in the coming years if you get back to normality it's so important that there's a price and structure in place mm-hmm. that you know if we do go on and get Champions League football and everything that's great but what I'm, I'm trying to get at is we can't afford to become a tourist club in the sense mm-hmm. that we lose what makes Everton Everton in that you know, the fans on the top, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, you know. Uh, working class, working class people, yeah. the goal. Yeah. It, it's, that, that's what'll make it intimidating it. for me, you know. Gunderson Park itself is, is intimidating, but it's the people in there behind the goal, you know, even the family closure, the Bullens, when Everton are on it. And in fairness, you know, there's been times, it's not every game we're on it, been times where it has been quiet, but when our fan base is on it, you just don't want to be there. We had Kevin Ratcliffe on and he explained two sides of it, what it was like when the fans are on your back, you know, and what it's like when the fans are behind you, they are a 12th man. So he made a great point. And I think the design of the stadium indicates that it will accommodate for that intimidating atmosphere. But I think it's important that we have a structure in place where we do keep that core element of fans. To be honest, it's not an issue I'm concerned about. Everton always do well by its local community. And we saw that with the plan to go to some, but I think it, I think it is important that you know we, we do retain that. Um, but obviously we still got to expand. You know we've got you still want a worldwide fan base. We just want to get that balance right. I think we see across the park. We don't have that right. You know, some the day trippers. Um, you know to get that iPad and iPhones out. It's we don't want to be that. Um, 
But yeah, it, it, it's a massive moment in our history and in hundreds of years, you know, they'll be looking back at, at these moments and it is big. I think for me, the momentum over the next few years is huge now. And I think we've got to continue to progress between now and when we move into that new stadium. You know, I'd love for Everton to sign off and go to some of the trophy when, you know, leaving there. But I think it's more important that we have stability, you know, and that we have the same manager now that we have going into the new stadium with Ancelotti. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say we need the same squad because the squad's not good enough to be where we want to be. But we need to have as a stabilised squad as much as possible. What we don't want in 2024, 2025 is saying, oh, well, we need a transfer window. This ex-manager needs a couple of transfer windows because we've been here and left for years. We mm. need stability and we need momentum so that when the stadium move happens, all being well, at that point, we're in a place where we're in the Champions League or we're, we're in that top five, top six, knocking on the door if it's not going to be this year. Um, so, yeah, the stadium, you know, it is great news on the whole. Um do you have any concerns other than the sadness and even Goodison? With with the news, you know, the overriding opinion in the fan base is just waves of excitement. Do you have any concerns? Is there anything that, you know, you're not too sure on? Or, or overall, do you think it's a necessary step? No. Um, as I said, I think all the other ones, I still had a, I'm still a little bit sceptical. About uh, but this one it was a bit of reassurance I found. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it's neither for the club. It's a great, you know, it's great news for the club. I thought the Tories are going to put a stop to it. To be honest with you. Um, Can't trust them, can you? No, but um, you know, thank God, you know, it, it's going ahead and it's going to be great for the club. Uh, I've got no concerns over it. Uh, it might, it might, you know, be difficult to adjust. To a new stadium for the fans or for the you know, squad on the pitch, but you know we'll we'll deal with that when it comes to it. Um, yeah, looking forward to obviously we've got a few years before then. Let's really push on for as you said before, bring that bit of consistency, that bit of um, you know that bit of stability to the club that we need in terms of yeah. you know personnel, but also you know competing for trophies on a regular basis and. Fingers crossed we can get a, a trophy or two uh, over the line before we move. Yeah, a trophy they would expect. Even if it's just a, the sole trophy. No, I think, you know, we're going in the right direction with, with Mashiri. Um, I don't think it's coincidence since he's came in. You know, the, the squad might have been invested with the wrong personnel, but, you know, the right... You know, the thought was there in terms of an owner back in the managers. Unfortunately, the recruitment just hasn't been what, what it should have been. Um, but we're slowly putting that right. I think we've got the best manager we could possibly have at Everton in Ancelotti. Um, and, you know, I think this summer proved that the recruitment is getting, is improving. So we're on the right track. And yeah, I think the stadium is it's a game changer. Um, and I just can't wait now until it starts getting built. But make no mistake, when we leave Goodison, it'll be an emotional one. But yeah, you know, we're not leaving just yet. And there's a big game Monday, so let's go and get three points and get back on track for a few European football. And hopefully we're eating our words and it's Champions League football at the end of the season. That, that's what we want. 
So yeah, that's it for this week's episode of Talking Toppies with 10 games to go now. We have been in a bit of a rut, but it's still all in our own hands. We've just got to one beat Palace and move on, onwards and upwards. Thanks for listening. Up the toppies. <laughs>